throughout the nation that know how to pray and know how to take our authority and know how to believe God for an awakening. You know, even tonight we may be few in numbers, but you know, numbers don't move the Lord. What moves the Lord is faith. Amen? And the Spirit of God is in us and the Spirit of God is upon us. And I just want to encourage you, if you if you can get time, I know Miss Lynn is speaking uh, Tomorrow morning will be 8 o'clock California time. And of course 10 o'clock, that's Central Standard Time. And I know that Brother Copeland will probably be sharing a little bit this weekend as well. And so get tuned in and and just get involved in this great corporate prayer meeting that's taking place. Uh, Would you agree with me that we need an awakening in this nation? And we also could use a real strong awakening in the body of Christ. Amen? And that's not being critical. That's just a fact. But thank God for prayer. And thank God that Scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available and it's dynamic in its working. Amen? And so we have a supply of prayer to bring, which next Thursday night we're going to be praying along some of these lines as, as, as well as we have our corporate prayer meeting that Brenda and I will be leading. That'll be next Thursday evening, and uh, that'll be right here. So I want to encourage you all to be here, every one of you to be here if you, you possibly can. And once again, um, this book is in our bookstore. It's called First of All and the Awakenings. I think it's $15. And from what I understand, a major publishing company is taking this on. So these will not be for sale much longer through Billy's ministry. But uh, you'll want to get a copy of this. It will enhance you. It talks about all oh, the different awakenings that took place and, and uh, how to pray in an awakening. And talks about the different awakenings that took place in various timelines and various places in the world. How many of you know God's no respecter of persons? God's hand is upon America. And we're not going to let the devil take it. If the devil had his will, he'd make this a goat nation. You know what a goat nation is, don't you? A goat nation isn't good. There's a bunch of them over in Europe that are goat nations. But we are a sheep nation. Amen? Amen. Where the rain has fallen. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Praise the Lord. So uh, make sure you keep up with those types of things. I was thinking about it earlier. And I was thinking about, man, uh, God's doing some great, big, wonderful things in the earth. And we're part of the body of Christ. And we can hook in and we can pray and we can believe God along with our brothers and sisters and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. 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 You just cannot be moved by what you see in the natural. You can't be moved by what you hear on the news reports, all those things. You know, it's, it's the enemy's will to bring this nation down. But it's God's will to keep this nation strong and afloat and a bright light. Amen? Amen. But we can't just sit around and just twiddle our thumbs and say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. We need to be standing in the gap. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, did you bring your Bibles tonight? Praise God. Let's put open up to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And notice with me in verse 27, Brenda is somewhere in the building. I think she had an appointment that might have gone late as well as Pastor Nancy. And I told him that that's okay. Praise God. Sometimes you've got to take care of church business too, you know. Amen. People have needs or different things like that. 
But look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse uh, 27. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence. We thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, Lord, for accuracy tonight and clarity. That I may speak the word of the Lord with boldness. Make my, my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Lord, I pray that you would give me utterance for these precious ones that are here tonight. And I give you praise in advance for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Proverbs 20 and in verse 27, it says, The spirit of man. The spirit of man. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. So it is the spirit of man that is the candle of the Lord. If that was written in modern language today, we would say the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. That means that God is going to enlighten your spirit, that God is going to direct your steps through the word and through the spirit of the living God. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The greatest leadings that you will ever have in life will come right out of here. They'll come right out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. In Romans, the eighth chapter, come on in, ladies. Praise the Lord. Proverbs, are Romans, the eighth chapter in verse 14 and verse 16. And uh, I think we'll look at it. You know, we could quote these verses, but it's good to look at the word, is it not? Uh, Romans, the eighth chapter. Verse 14, and then we'll drop down to verse 16. Romans chapter 8 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The word sons there is mature sons of God. As you're growing and as you're maturing in the Lord, you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God every day of your life. Notice with me in verse 16, it says, The Spirit itself... Or the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Have you ever met a person and on the inside you just knew that person was a child of God? You just knew that that person was born again. Well, that's the Spirit of God on the inside of you bearing witness with your spirit. Hey, that person's born of God. They're in the same family as I'm in. Amen? Well, if he, if he leads us, and, and if that's the greatest thing that can take place in our life, by bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God, he's going to lead us and direct us by that same inward witness in every area of our lives. Amen? Now, we talked a little bit about the three R's, respecting the Holy Spirit. He's a holy guest living on the inside of us. We are to respect him, and then we are to what? recognize him recognize him the more that you commune with him the more that you'll recognize him the more you walk with God the easier and the more sensitive you will get to the spirit of God inside of you his ways and his leadings just like Moses was a friend of God well thank God you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ and Moses had revealed to him the ways of God and God's got some ways to lead us and guide us. Amen? Amen? And so we need to expect that. So, number one, we respect Him. 
Number two, we can recognize him. And then thirdly, respond to him. Respond to him. One of the greatest ways that we can respond to him and recognize him is learn to follow this inward witness on the inside of you. The Bible says that you have an unction and you know all things. You have an anointing which abideth in you. Amen. And the Spirit of God lives in us so that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God, one way we could describe it is just a knowing. There's a, there's a knowing on the inside of you. You just, you just know that this is the right step to take. You just know that that's not the right person for you to marry. You just know in your knower, praise God, you know in your knower how God is leading you. You can know things by the Holy Ghost if you'll stay tuned in with Him. You know, you can't, you can't get this way, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, living like the world. Amen. So that's all we'll say about that. So lots of choices are out there. Lots of choices float around in our minds. But when we get quiet and pray, it just seems that there's an inclination down here, a witness down here to go in a certain direction. And just while there's times, you know, we just know what choice to make. Other times, it's important to know what choices not to make. And I think one of the worst things we all can do, and I've done it, and I've had to repent over it. I think one of the worst things we can do is just go on a whim. And just be hurried about decisions. And say, well, yeah, okay, all right, I'll go ahead and do that. Many mistakes are made that way. And, And when mistakes are made, oftentimes it costs money. It costs time, and it can cost a lot of energy. It can cost a lot of hassle. Okay? So we don't want to go on a whim. The Scripture talks about, He that believeth shall not make haste. So therein is the blessing of you and I having the ability to wait on God. And to check up on the inside. And to wait on God, that means we need to cut off certain things for a period of time. So that we can really center in and focus in on what he's saying to us. And also praying in the spirit or praying in other tongues sensitizes you to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. When you get in that situation where you're, you have kind of this sense that you're to do this, but you're, you're not sure and other voices are talking to you, just shut yourself away and pray in the spirit. Just pray in the Holy Ghost and keep praying in the Holy Ghost. And you don't have to get real aggressive about it. You can just pray in the Holy Ghost and praise God and build your inner man up. The Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Uh, Jude says, but you beloved, uh, building up yourselves, making progress by praying in the Holy Ghost. So as you pray in the spirit, you will become more spirit conscious. You'll become more God conscious. How many of you have experienced that in your life? Where you've spent a time where you needed to get things clarified and maybe it wasn't that clear, but maybe you spent an hour by praying in the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden, that's it. The direction came. Do you suppose it's worth taking the time to pray in the Holy Ghost? Or to praise in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. To make sure that you're going in the right direction. Amen. Amen. 
So don't get to that point in life where I'll say, well, I'll just, I think I'll just do this. Don't rush into decision making. You know, if, if something is God today, it'll be God tomorrow. And remember, this will help you. It's helped me throughout the years. Amen. Now, in identifying this witness, this is a big one, so listen carefully tonight. We need to learn to identify the witness of the Holy Spirit. In identifying this witness of the Holy Spirit, you need to look and wait for the knowing. The worst thing that we could do is to put faith in hearing voices. The things of God are not naturally discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned. The things of God are not emotionally discerned. And your emotions will pay, pay tic, uh, play tricks on you. Pay ticks on you. Play tricks on you. I guess that can happen too. The Bible doesn't say for as many as are led by their emotions. It does not say for as many as are led by their bodies. No. Or their minds. No, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I encourage people throughout the years of ministry and teaching and preaching the Word of God, I encourage people, don't seek voices. Don't seek voices. Technically, this inward witness is not a voice. And what keeps coming up on the inside of me tonight is to look for the knowing. Look for the knowing. If you learn to follow this inward witness, you can follow God all the time. For your career, for your education, for your investments, for your relationships. He is interested in the very minute details of your life. He'll even lead you when you buy an automobile. Amen. You mean you may be at a car dealership ready to buy a brand new car, ready to drive it off the, the floor, and all of a sudden on the inside of you, the Spirit of God witnesses to your heart. Take a look closer at something going on in the car. And you look and, oh, I see. There's a screw missing there. There's something missing there. How many of you know the Spirit of God can alert you to those things? Right? He, he, didn't want to, he didn't want us to buy a lemon. He wants us to buy a good car. He doesn't want us having a car that we have to take into the shop all the time. So I believe that the, that the leadership of the Holy Spirit will work right there in the car dealership. And I know it works at Macy's because I followed Brenda around for all these years. Hallelujah. She'll come home someday with a big smile on her face. Oh, the Lord led me to Macy's today. I'm thinking, uh-huh. How much this time? Say with me, as many as our lad... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's basically how Brenda and I came to California. We didn't come to California back in 1982 uh, by a prophecy. We didn't come here by an angelic visitation. It would have been nice. And by the way, that does happen and can happen. And I believe in these last days, it'll happen even more. Amen? But that's more on the spectacular side, right? We're not to seek the spectacular, but thank God we're open to it. But when we came to California, Jesus didn't appear to us up in that cold Wisconsin winter. 
in the month of February. Remember how cold it was? We were staying on our mom's lake home, mom and dad's lake home up there in Wisconsin. And we were just seeking God about our next move. What's our next move? What's our next step? Seeking God, looking unto Him. We were in transition is what they call it in ministry. And we were just looking to Him and praying about it. And just on the inside of us, we both got to come to California. Amen. Amen. Good leading in the winter. Yeah, good leading in the winter, right. Yeah. And so in the merry month of May, we loaded up whatever car that was at that time. And praise the Lord, we came to California. Amen. Not really knowing what was going to take place. Not really knowing, but on the inside of us, we just had peace. We just knew that we knew that we knew that it was the right thing to do. And when you know that you know that it's the right thing to do, it's time to get moving. Because if we don't get moving, and if we hadn't got moving, we would have never understood what our next step was. Our next step was not in Minnesota. Our next step was in California. Amen? Some of you may need to get moving. No, I'm not talking about moving to Minnesota. But I'm just talking about obeying that prompting in your spirit that you know that God is leading you to do. Don't put off what the Spirit of God would say to you to do today. Amen? Amen. So praise God. When we got here, things began to work out. God opened up the church for us to pastor. And we've been here over 35 years and you can't run us out yet. (laughs) So don't seek voices. You know, if Jesus wants to appear to me in a vision, amen. I'll take it. But I'm not waiting for that to happen to get divine guidance. Divine guidance is ours every day of our lives. Amen? Now here's some really important facets of this inward witness that we're going to talk about tonight. This was demonstrated in the early church. Look at me at Luke chapter 1. And we're going to, we're going to look at a few verses there in verses 1 uh, through 4. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And I'll turn over there. In verse 1 it says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which were most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Now notice this statement. It seemed good to me. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, verse 4, that you might know the certainty of those things wherein thou has been instructed. Pay attention again, it seemed good unto me. The question I have for you tonight, was Luke one of the twelve apostles? No, he wasn't. Luke was not one of the twelve apostles. He was a physician who traveled with Paul. So he could have easily thought, I'm not an apostle. I don't really qualify to write a gospel. Luke could have had all kind of doubts 
But thank God he didn't. There are details in the Gospel of Luke that are not included in the other Gospels. The question I have for you tonight, was he inspired to write this? Was he led to write this? Absolutely he was. Did he hear an audible voice? Did he see an angel? No, it just seemed good. It just seemed good. That's the witness. We need to follow what seems good, for lack of a better term, what's in our seamer. Our seamer is our spirit. Luke, without a doubt, was led to write that gospel. Amen. It seemed good. It seemed good. Are there some things that you can relate to over your life that just seemed good for you to do? Are there some testimonies of things that just, it just didn't seem like I should do this at this time? Anybody witness to that? Amen. All of you have had these kind of experiences. So it's not so spectacular, but it is supernatural. It is supernatural to follow your seamer. Amen. We purchased this building by following our seamer. I didn't have a vision. I was out golfing in Half Moon Bay with Keith Hershey. And I was not doing very well. Which is the norm for me on the golf course. And uh, I got to tell you a funny story about Keith Hershey. You love Brother Keith, don't you? One time he was up here, and he only, he travels very lightly. He just had a blue sport coat, a dress shirt, and probably pants like this. And I said, well, Keith, you're going to be here another day. Let's go golfing. He says, I don't have anything to wear. I said, just put your suit coat on, because it was kind of cold. So he's out there in Livermore at Poppy Ridge, and he is Tearing it up. It's the best round of golf I ever saw Keith Hershey golf, and he was in a blue sport coat. Maybe the anointing was still in that coat from Sunday. We laugh about that all the time. All the time. But we're just minding our own business out there golfing, having a good time. Jihan, praise the Lord, telling jokes, clean jokes, having fun. And then I get a call from Ingrid about a little postcard that came that this movie theater and this land was for sale and uh, I said wow really United Artists Movie Theater yeah and uh, they let people know in nonprofits before they let the basic you know public know about it so we could have first shot so brother Hershey and I went over to next door eons over there which used to be a another building and we just went in there and we just walked around this place and looked and just on the inside it just seemed good it just seemed right amen Jesus didn't appear to me I didn't have an angel appear to me I've had angelic visitations before that others have seen that I haven't seen but just on the inside of me And to Brenda and I and to those that were in the decision-making process, it just seemed right. 
It just seemed good. So as a result of the grace of God, number one, the goodness of God, and following the inward witness, we're here tonight. Isn't that awesome? We're here on five acres, praise the Lord. We're calling this place paid in full years and years ahead of time. Amen? And and for the first, let's see, how many years? For the first mm, probably 24 or 25 years of our ministry here in the Bay Area, we leased. I mean, we leased. And we paid money for rent. And, uh, you know, we did it with a smile on our face, but just knowing that God had our place for us. Amen. Amen? And you might be there right now. You may be renting a home. You may be renting a condo. But how many of you know down the inside of you that God's got a place for you? Well, that's about a third of you. Okay. Okay, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Amen. God, believe God. Trust God. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. The home we live in. We were able to purchase home in 1989. Way, way back. A few years ago. And uh, we lived about a half mile from the home that we own right now. We rented and we were happy with it. And I, I knew that this home was for, for, for sale. I walked into that house and I just knew on the inside that was our house. Amen. It's just new down here. Amen. Amen. That's the way God leads. Amen. That's the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. And you have testimonies, I'm sure, of all the good things that God's done for you. Amen? Amen. I thank God we don't have to wait for three prophecies, two angelic visitations, and a visit from the head of the church before we make our decisions. Thank God. Say it with me. In my pathway is life. And there is no death. Now, let's look at another one tonight. How many of you have heard of the Judaizers? You know what a Judaizer was or Judaizer is? A Judaizer basically was a Jew. And the Judaizers had a lot of legalistic tendencies. One of their legalistic tendencies was that you were not supposed to eat certain foods. Another one of their legalistic tendencies was in order to be uh, right with God, you had to be circumcised. Okay? And then all of a sudden the revelation comes and the born again experience comes to the Gentiles, which became new creations. And so Peter and Paul, they sort of had a little clash going on here. And so the apostles and the prophets needed to get together and they needed to make some quality decisions on what the doctrine of the church was going to be for centuries. Because you have some people over here saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And the other people saying, no, we are saved by grace through faith. If, if, amen. Glory to God. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a new creation in Christ. And so big decisions. And they couldn't go to the local bookstore and find a book on how to do it. I mean, this was a big decision. Anybody ever had to make a big decision? Hallelujah. You serve a big God who will lead you and guide you in all the big decisions that you ever need to make. So let me just try to set this up for you a little bit. Believers switched from following Jewish laws to being led by the Spirit of God. And what this presented was it presented major challenges for the Judaizers. They had strict laws. 
And notice with me in Acts chapter 15, verses 25 through 33. Jesus, well, I'll read it first. Acts 15. You still with me? Yes. Praise God. Acts 15. Notice verse 25 through 23. Hallelujah. Did I say Acts 15? Well, that's what I meant. Acts the 15th chapter. And we'll begin in verse 25. Amen. Well, actually, we don't want to begin in verse 25. We're going to begin in verse 22. Then pleased it, the apostles and elders, with the whole church. Everyone said the whole church. To send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabas, and Silas, everyone say Silas, Silas. chief men among the brethren. These were leaders. Mm -hmm. These were elders. Verse 24, For as much as we have heard that certain went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, You must be circumcised and you must keep the law. That's the Jews. To whom we gave no such commandments. They're setting the record straight. Verse 25, For it seemed good unto us it seemed good unto us we could say it this way it seemed God unto us it seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul men that have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we have sent them, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Now notice with me, there's that co-witness. It seemed good to us. And it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Is there someone on the inside other than you? The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. It's that co-witness. I mean, if there was an accident tonight on Hesperian Boulevard, and Rahul and I were at Eon drinking coffee, and we saw the accident, we would be witnesses of that accident when the police came to talk about it. But someone walking down the street may have seen the same thing. He says, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's a co-witness. That's them bearing witness with what we saw. So it not only seemed good to them, but they also had the Holy Ghost where it seemed good to. And that's what you want on the inside of you. You want this witness of the Spirit. Oh, glory. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, only that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, which were, if you were yourselves, you shall do well, fair, 
ye well. Hallelujah. Did an angel come down with a scroll and tell them exactly what they needed to do? Did Jesus appear to them in that meeting? Was there a huge audible voice that came into that place in Antioch? No. When they needed direction, it all came down to the church leaders, every one of them, full of the Holy Ghost, just saying, it seems good to the Holy Ghost, and it seems good to us. Woo! Glory! I don't know if that excites you or not. That means you and I don't have to be in the dark. We can follow the Holy Ghost in every area of our life. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. If He led Him in those big things, He'll lead us in our big things. Whoo! Glory to God. Now, I want you to see something else here in connection with this. I'm going to read right on down to verse 30 to 34. It says, So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. In other words, the meeting was over. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. In other words, they gave them what what they had decided. And when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. It brought comfort to them. You know, when you're following the Holy Ghost, when it seems good to you in the Holy Ghost, there ought to be a sense of peace. There ought to be a sense of consolation. He is our comforter after all. Even though it may not seem right in your head, even though it may not look good with your eyes, there's always that ensuing following of peace and comfort by the Holy Ghost. Woo! And when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets, everyone said they were prophets. Being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. I don't know how many words it was, but I think we need to get out of the idea that we need to be out of church at 12 noon. Anyway, that wasn't in there, was it? I must have got in the flesh. Oh, Jesus. Verse 33. And after they had tarried there a space for a while, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. In other words, they were let go. In other words, they could go home. They could do whatever they wanted to do. This is after the meeting. Now notice in verse 34. It says, Notwithstanding... It pleased Silas to abide there still. It pleased Silas. Now that's a little blind to us, so pull that up in the New King James Version if you would. Let's take a look at how the New King James Version articulates Acts 15 and verse 34. I've got it written in my notes, but I want you all to see it. King James says, notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Now, everyone read this together with me. Ready, read. However, we're seeing that same principle. It seemed good to Luke to write the gospel. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to them to set forth this epistle. 
And then even though Silas could have gone home, wherever home was, read it again. Ready, read. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Somebody says, well, big deal. Well, we'll find out what the big deal is. He was indelibly led by the Holy Ghost to stay right there. You know, the Spirit of God will have you stay places sometime so that you can avoid, come on, tragedies. But He will also have you stay places for a long period of time because He's got something for you there. Too many people playing, what's that one game, musical chairs? Too many people are playing musical churches. Musical churches. Well, I'm going to go to the church that does this. I'm going to go to the church that does that. And Oh, me? Oh, I'm charismatic. You know, come on. Faithfulness is the key to promotion. And faithfulness is a key to greater glory. It really is. I'm going to preach a part of that in Africa. Glory to God. You want to be promoted? Sometimes the Spirit will say, stay put. Anyway, you know, I'm not staring at anybody or thinking about anybody, but just relax. <laughs> Verse 34, notwithstanding, I'm glad it pleased PT to stay here. I'm glad it pleased Pastor Nancy to stay here. I'm glad it pleased you to stay here. Hallelujah. So, but there's, there's a purpose here. In verse 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch. What were they doing? They were teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after... Some days. I don't know how many days that is. But Silas's bill was running up at the Holiday Inn. He had to have food. He had to have lodging. I'm sure he was well taken care of. Because God doesn't tell you to stay somewhere without taking care of you. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and let's just go check on them. Let's see how they do. That's the ministry of an apostle. That's the ministry of a bishop. That's the ministry. Amen. Let's just go check in on them. Let's see how they're doing. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was what? Mark, no relationship to me, a brother in Christ. So Paul and Barnabas, you know, are, are getting ready to go. They're going to go on an itinerant ministry. But all the time, Silas is at the Holiday Inn. He might be down at the Mediterranean taking a sun bath. But he's in the will of God by staying put. You know, I think sometimes we get too antsy. 
And we want what we want, and we want it yesterday. The scripture says that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. It's not through faith and impatience. It's through faith and patience. In your patience, you will possess your souls. Without patience as a corresponding uh, attribute to being led by the Spirit, without patience, people will miss it again and again and again. We must be patient. Patience means cheerful endurance. That means you are happy where you are. Even though where you are may not be where you end up. But along the road, you got a smile on your face. You are cheerfully and you are patiently enduring because you just know down in your knower, you just know in your seamer that something good's about to happen. Come on, somebody. Woo, glory. Verse 37. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take him with them. You know, I think what Paul said went. Who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Now notice this with me. And the contention was so sharp between them. Can there be contentions between believers? Can God restore ones that have been in contention? He did restore Paul and Mark's Barnabas, but it didn't happen that day. Amen. Anyway. But Paul thought it not good to take with him who departed from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Barnabas said, well, okay, me and Marcos are going over here. All right. Notice verse 40. And Paul chose Silas. Paul chose the one where it just seemed good to stick around a while. Hallelujah. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the church. (laughs) So do you see it, folks? So in summation tonight, Dealing with big issues, follow your seamer. Dealing with small issues, follow your heart. How can you make good decisions? Follow the spirit of the living God. Don't blindly follow prophecies. First, check everything out with the Bible. And secondly, look for that witness that you have On the inside of you. I want to say this tonight. That Silas was led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
And he was in the right place at the right time. Therefore, he did not miss his divine appointment. Amen. That's good. Right. That's good. I don't think Paul would have chased after him. He needed to be right there, smack dab where he was for him to go to the next level. Where are you at tonight? What's God saying to you? What's he witnessing to you in your heart? Selah. 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 Let's stand to our feet. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Don't spectacularize the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Don't let people put pressure on you. Things that don't line up with your heart, just don't do it. We're going to talk next week about being rain-trained. Hallelujah. Rain-trained. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now, place your hand over your heart. And just invite afresh and anew the leadership of the Holy Ghost into your life. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I thank you for clarity. I thank you for accuracy. I thank you for sensitivity to you, to your word. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would do what is necessary to hear from you. And Lord, I know that you're leading and guiding your people into some wealthy places. You're leading and guiding them into some awesome places. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name.